You're listening to Underestimated. Real stories from real women. Discussing how they've overcome everyday hurdles and rose above. We will not be underestimated. Thank you for listening to my third episode of Underestimated. For my first time listeners, I started this podcast with the idea to create a children's book series that empowered girls and quickly realized that there are many more real life stories from women I know that I could take and repurpose for my children's book series. So I created this podcast, interviewing strong women and hearing their experiences of overcoming hurdles. You'll even hear a brainstorming session at the end of every episode where we work to plan out how we can translate their experiences into a children's book. Today, I am so excited to be interviewing what I call my mother in dating, Lori Rios, as a part of my Mother's Day series. Lori is a realtor in Inglewood, Florida, and specializes in senior real estate. So she helps maturing Americans find a home that suits their needs. There are so many things in this interview that excites me. Advice for different challenges that spans generations, discussion surrounding motherhood, and the simple notion that it's never too late to start doing something you love. So, diving into my brief two-episode Mother's Day series, here's my conversation with Lori Rios. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking to my mom last night because I'm doing, I'm releasing yours first for this Mother's Day little series I'm doing and then I'll do hers on Mother's Day and she's she went through like 20 different ideas of what she could talk about oh my gosh I know I was going nuts I mean challenges I've had a couple you know Mm -hmm. I guess by our age you do have a couple yeah (laughs) all right let's do this well I like to start off um with just introducing you. So I have Miss Lori Rios on the phone today with me and she's my mother in dating. <laughs> that's a good one. That works. Yeah, that's what I came up with yesterday. I told Dan I was like, I'm gonna call her my future mother in law and he just gave me this look. <laughs> uh, well I already call you my daughter in law to half people I talk about you too. So it's so much easier. It's, it's just quicker, yeah. 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 So Lori runs her own real estate business and is a realtor. And then she's just also an amazing cook and fun, fun woman to be around. But I'd like to hear a little bit more if you have more about your career path and anything else that's relevant for us to know about you. Okay. My whole career path? Yeah. Let's go for it. From where I was to where I am. Okay. Yeah. I, having been married to a farmer, we needed um, we needed better insurance available to us. So I decided that with a state university in the next town over and a correctional facility just down the road from us, that it would be a good idea to go to work for the state of New York so that I had good benefits and insurance coverage and a, a retirement mm-hmm. that I'd just be able to plan well because I, I knew that I I already had my kids and it's interesting. I started in civil service, working for the state of New York in um, temporarily in a temporary position at the college in New Paltz, New York. And I got a permanent position at the, at the prison, so I took it. And then I promoted within the prison, and then I promoted out to the Department of Labor. Can I interrupt you real quick? What was it like 
being a woman working in the prison system? Um, interesting. <laughs> Um, I, I supervised inmates who were order entry clerks in um, our optics program, which produces glasses for Medicaid recipients in the entire state of New York. Oh, how cool. To save the state money. I, that's how they worked it out. It's strange working in a prison in population with the inmates. Everybody says, wow, did you have murderers and rapists there? And yeah, that's... <laughs> That's the stuff you go to prison for, and that's all of them. That's where they go. <laughs> but they were, they knew better. They were very respectful for the most part. Um, you have to develop a mutual respect there um, and have very strong boundaries. So that, that was important. And I think that's why I, I did well there. I had very strong boundaries. And how long did, were you there? At the prison? Mm -hmm. About nine years. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. So then you were, um, you were starting to say, where you progressed from the prison. Then I, I got a promotion within, you know, civil service working for the state. I was, I was in a secretarial line for the most part. So then when I promoted, I got to work for the director of the Department of Labor. Wow. In, um, in Newburgh, New York. And that was interesting because, and, and I kind of prepared for our interview and, and this is, this is playing right into one of the one of the things that I, I was prepared to um, go for it. <laughs> so I I went from prison where nobody wants to be to the Department of Labor where you really would rather not be because nine times out of ten you're there because you're unemployed. And then from there I got a better offer in the same position. I didn't promote again, but I got a better offer in the same position in, at the State University of New York at New Paltz. Now that is where they want to be. Everybody that goes to college chooses where they go to college and they choose. And then, then you moved to Florida at some time, quit that job and then started real estate, retired, then started your I um yes we moved to um Raymond my husband retired at 50 from the Department of Corrections and we moved here to Florida and I was too young to retire but I was vested with the state of New York so I was able to retire too so our plan to was out we we were both able to retire and come here but I'm a few years younger than him so at 47 I, I really was not ready to retire. I wanted to continue. We had a little blip in our plan because when I moved here, I had been finishing chemo chemotherapy treatments. So I wasn't ready to get a job just yet until I got my hair back. <laughs> At least <laughs> I got my hair back. <laughs> and then I did a couple small jobs that um, I still didn't feel um, like this is what I wanted to be doing in retirement. I, I wanted to kind of start another career. And I always really loved real estate and I always wanted to do it. But when, uh, for a time I was a single mom and then I was married to someone who was helping me raise my kids. So I still really needed to know that I was putting my part mm -hmm. partnership and I needed that, that defined amount coming in every two weeks. I needed that amount of money coming in every two weeks. And I couldn't just go into real estate because I didn't know if it was a, a wave that you ride, which a lot of times it is. You, yeah. And you don't know what's coming in. Yeah. There's startup, a startup period where you're just trying to build a name for yourself and yeah, completely. Understand. Right. So it's, it's not a guaranteed amount of money each week. 
What are some things that you're passionate about? I am passionate about real estate. That is one of the things, um, as I said, I always wanted to do it. So, you know, you just said, yay, I have time to do my podcast. Well, when I started thinking about it and I realized, wait, we're retired. We do have the amount of money that we need coming in to live comfortably. We have our savings. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And that is something that at the ripe old age of 50, <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, because I was 50 by the time I did it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, should I even bother with this? I mean, how many years do I have left that I want to work? Do I want to take all the time to go to school for this, put the thousands of dollars into it that it costs to start up a small business? I, it was overwhelming. It was an overwhelming decision. And I decided, you know what? I can do this now, finally. I've always loved real estate. I've always thought it would be a great business to get into. And I did it. I just jumped in with both feet and did it. I, I, I've always been passionate about it. I think that's one of the things that for some people that COVID-19 can shed some light on is if you take the time yeah. to do what you want to do. Yeah. And if you can find a way to make an income off of it, do it. Absolutely. I mean, if you're forced to be home anyway, if you have any, any sense of something you've wanted to do that could possibly make you money, you're forced to be home anyway. You might as well start working on it. Yeah of feeling down, look at the positive in, in why you're, you're stuck at home. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I also, I got a designation um, in my, in my real estate continuing education, um, seniors real estate specialist. So I'm also, um, as much as I love working with anybody from a first time home buyer to an investor that owns 10 or 12 homes, I really feel passionate about working with our mature Americans <laughs> who they get so overwhelmed when they're deciding what their next choice is going to be in a life change, where they're going to live. Um, should they keep their house and age in place or should they sell their house and go into assisted living? There are so many decisions at that point in your life. And I'm very passionate about helping seniors with those decisions and to make their next move. I've never really thought of that, but that that's so true. Cause like, not only do you just have to think about the financial part of it, it's just a much bigger issue whenever you're looking at retiring and what type of care you might need and other exactly. expenses that you have that somebody younger doesn't have to consider. All right. So I want to get back to that story that you were about to tell. Um, it sounded really juicy of a time you'd been underestimated and what you've learned from that experience. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't know if I got into the juicy part. I know that's, that's why I'm bringing it back up. <laughs> um, okay. So I think as far as being underestimated, I maybe felt that when I was much younger, I'm guilty of doing that to myself more than anybody else has underestimated me. I've underestimated myself. And um, we have to be really careful not to do that, I think. I think everybody needs to be careful not to do that. But I do remember specifically um, when I married my children's father, who had custody of the children from his previous marriage, um, I was only 21 years old. And I was going into a marriage and raising two children who were at the time three and five years old. They were two and four when I started living with him, and uh, they were three and five, and I was, I was basically going into a situation to raise them. Their mom was in and out of their lives, um, mostly out, 
So um, it was a huge undertaking and my parents did not think it was a good idea. They, they thought I was taking on way too much. But I do feel like in a way they underestimated because, me because I decided, you know, I'm going to show them. I'm going to, I kind of had an attitude that I was going to show the world actually, but I was going to show them that they were underestimating me and that I could do this. I, I could marry this man. I was crazy about him. I was crazy about his kids and I could make this work. It, it was going to happen. That was my, my biggie. Um, and they, they came out great. I particularly have one in mind that's my favorite that I think you did an awesome job with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, it worked out with him. He's, he's a <laughs> um, but while we all learn as we go in life, I didn't realize that doing it out of order, you know, marrying the guy and getting the kids at the same time, I, I didn't realize that that would be much harder. I wouldn't have given it up for the world. I, I, you know, it's just, and, and it was good, but I can't even express how much I grew through the experience of raising four children. There were lots of ups and downs. <sighs> you know, you said something that I, I really want to focus a little bit more on because I, I haven't thought about that yet about the times that we underestimate ourselves and how that prevents us from going and chasing dreams or just doing anything and just not even trying. Do you have any instances or stories that you can think of about that? Well, um, here's, here's a quick one. Um, I would, through high school, I decided that I was better suited for, for a vocational training rather than to get out of high school and go to college. I, I just, I don't, I don't think, say here I go I'm underestimating myself, but I, I felt like I wasn't suited for college. I wouldn't make it through those four grueling years of, of hard work and study. I mean, everything worked out. Everything we choose in life can be a lesson. If, if you try to make it a lesson, that's the most productive you can be with your negative experiences. But I look at myself sometimes and think, why, you know, did I really have that much of a shortcoming in self-confidence? And, and I did. I really did. That's so crazy because I would have never guessed that knowing you. <laughs> and I, I never I would have guessed you as being somebody that just didn't have confidence in your own smarts, <laughs> your own braids. Really? Um, I don't, I just, I think you're very intelligent. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. It's, it's been a long time coming and that's, one huge thing that I've learned you get as, as time goes on, you get more comfortable in your own skin, so to speak. So you, you do gain confidence, I think. So if you were to go back in time and meet your younger self mm -hmm. and you wanted to really get across one lesson that you know now that you would want to teach yourself as a young girl, what would that be? My observation that I would want my younger self to know is the first 40 years are the hardest. <laughs> so after that, it gets a little bit easier. <laughs> um, you have certain I'm scary for all of us. <laughs> yeah, for, for anybody under 40, it gets better. I swear it really gets better. Um, but I think the certain thought processes and worries come with the decade of our lives that we're living in currently. I mean, in the 20, in your twenties, 
many people have those thoughts. What am I going to do with my life? In your 30s um, and now early 40s, you have your children and you don't want something to, it's, it's a mommy fear, you know, you don't want something to happen to you so you can't take care of your young children. I think my younger self would have felt better knowing she wasn't alone. In each decade of our lives, we all have these horrifying thoughts and worries that if we dwell on them too much, we, we can go crazy. But so I learned that no matter what your challenges are that you're facing now, you'll feel better and more confident with each passing decade. And so it's almost kind of like, I see that. I just, I don't know why my mind immediately goes to that, but I think of students in high school or middle school right now dealing with so much social media and I don't know, just kids are mean to each other sometimes. Yes. And it, as soon as you say that, like the first thing that pops into my mind is like, this too shall pass. Um, but also like, it's not the end of the world. You're so young right now. Like, and you're not alone. And you're not alone and it's going to get better. <laughs> and a huge thing about social media that, that all these other little younger people need to know that, I mean, social media, people put out there their filters on their faces and the best part of their day and the biggest fish they caught out on the boat in that beautiful blue water. And, you know, that's our ideal. What we're putting out there to social media is our ideal. Don't compare your everyday to someone else's ideal. That's so important for kids today to know, because I think it can be very depressing to see all this really perfect, wonderful stuff. And don't forget it's doctored for the camera. Don't forget that their life is just like yours. And when they're in their 20s, they're going to be worrying about what they're going to do with the rest of their life, just like you are. And always know you're not alone. I think that's what I would tell young people now. I like that. Now, here's the fun part. How do we make one of those one of your stories into a children's book story. Normally I have something that just pops in my head, but yours are like, you don't have one particular instance that you gave me. You just gave me generational, it seems like. I think generational is appropriate because we are two different generations and this is a Mother's Day podcast, right? So It is. So to put out there what we would like to say to our younger selves and younger people is, is important. So a children's book, gosh. I have an idea. What? It's, um, what if it's like a time travel? So I don't know if you've heard the premise of my, my plots for all of my stories are going to be based uh, with a character called Ruthie. And the mm -hmm. name comes from Ruth Bader Ginsburg because I just love her overall empowering woman female story. And then of course, Chloe has to, our pup has to be in it. <laughs> but um, so the character Ruthie, what if it has time travel and her older self comes back to her as a young little girl and maybe she's crying alone in a room. Maybe she got told something mean on social media or something yeah. like that. And then her, she befriends somebody that, oh, that might be a little creepy if she befriends somebody too much older. <laughs> <laughs> well, this older person, this older her can come to her in the form of another person, maybe. That's true. That would be cool. A person more age appropriate for her. Yeah, I like that. But this um, this um, person who is an old soul. Yeah. So then she comes back and then um, 
comforts her and then lets her know that she's not alone and this will pass and it's going to get better. Um, uh, I love this story. I love it's perfect for Mother's Day. It's also perfect around the timing of everything that we're dealing with. It's just a great message. You're not alone. This will pass. And it, we can learn from it. Yeah, I think so. And and when Ruthie has something mean said to her on social media, she can learn from that, grow from that. Ah, I like it. So if anyone's looking for a realtor in the Florida area, how do they reach you? I'm at www.anglewoodflhomes.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for giving me your time and telling me all of your wisdom. Well, thanks so much for having me. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Underestimated Stories for Women. If you enjoy my podcast, please follow me on iTunes, Spotify, or Clip so you can hear my next story. This podcast is sponsored by Clips. Discover podcast highlights of your favorite shows at www.clip.ps.